steal at center as Eichel lifted a stick. The free puck to Petrangelo in his own zone. Stretch pass. Eichel is in with a cutter. Third man Martinez scores! Alec Martinez, 3-1 Golden Knights. Nobody is ever satisfied with one, so we're back for a second hour of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Bennett looking cross-eye, Stone intercepts. This time he sends it down in a waffle and go into the goal! It's a hat-trick! Mark Stone, the captain, makes it 8-3 Golden Knights with six minutes to go in the third period. From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studio and live at LVSportsNetwork.com, here is Ryan Wallace. Sticks down, drop the puck. Hour number two, VGK Insider Show. Rolling along here on a Tuesday. We've got Ryan Wallace, Chris Chapman. Lots to like about our number one. If you are just joining us, number one, how dare you? Um, number two, the Golden Knights have brought back Nick Holden. He will join the Golden Knights player development staff, working predominantly with defensemen. Uh, Nick Holden announced retirement earlier today and now steps into a role with the Golden Knights development, player development staff. Um, and... It's been rumored for a while. Now it's official. Max Comtois has signed a PTO with the Vegas Golden Knights. Expect Comtois to be at training camp for Vegas, and he's going to be pushing for an opportunity to make this team out of training camp. And I think it's really good that you bring in, again, a player, 24 years old, really, really high-end offensive skill, but it's going to take more than that for Comtois. So that'll be something to keep an eye on as we get closer and closer to training camp. We've got the rookie face-off uh, kicking off on Friday. As we mentioned, also in hour number one, we will not be on the air for a VGK Insider show on Monday, due in part to the Golden Knights playing their final game of the rookie face-off. And as Chris Chapman would have you believe, it's also because he may or may not have jury duty. Well, no, I definitely have jury duty. Whether or not they call me you're to- not. You're not going to get called in. Oh, man, I hope not. Like, really. of course, I'm saying this and I'm jinxing you. I know. If you well, believe in those things. Jinxes aren't real, yeah. I, I believe wholeheartedly that jinxes are not real. You you and uh, our Jesse Granger are do both. You, yeah. Do you believe in jinxes? Uh, Stop I, I, it. I'm a little superstitious, yeah. Well, after last night, I, I imagine you probably. Listen, he, he ran out of the tunnel and it was same. He ran out of the tunnel <laughs> with that American flag. Right behind that American flag were same old jets right behind him. Oh, boy. That's unfortunate. I didn't even I didn't even get a completion. You he didn't even complete one pass. I so we were we were doing the show and I think we took a break and you're like he's out of the game. He's done. It's over. What happened? I don't know. Oh, man. Oh. That's a, that's unfortunate. Um All right, so I, I want to touch on the story really quick. We've been teasing it all day. Um Mike Babcock is the head coach now of the Columbus Blue Jackets. As we all know, Mike Babcock's last job in the National Hockey League before being coach of the Columbus Blue Jackets was with the Toronto Maple Leafs. And uh, we all know that there was a game that was played in Vegas where the Golden Knights defeated the Toronto Maple Leafs, and Mike Babcock was subsequently fired after that game. Now, the Leafs were kind of in a tailspin. It was a team that had a lot of expectations at some point, you're going to have to stop expecting something from Toronto. But, hey, that's neither here nor there. Uh, then it started to come out, you know, kind of bits and pieces of stories here and there about Mike Babcock and his conduct and in, in how he dealt with player relationships. OK, so Mike's away from the game for a while, comes back, gets this job with the Columbus Blue Jackets. And 
Chapman sends me a clip this morning from Twitter from Spittin' Chicklets, the podcast with Paul Bissonette, who, you know, is is on the TNT hockey show, pregame show, all of that. Like, there's you're talking about a guy that knows the ins and outs of of what it means to be a media member. And on the podcast, Bissonette is out there levying some interesting viewpoints about Mike Babcock based on information he says he got from a player about Mike asking for phones from his players, named specifically Boone Jenner, the captain of the Columbus Blue Jackets. And the phrasing that Bissonette used in describing this is Mike asked for the phones to look at pictures to see what kind of people they are. Now, of course, being X, being the internet, everyone formed an opinion. Everyone had a take within three and a half seconds, right? Like, this is Mike Babcock just being Mike Babcock. He hasn't learned anything. Oh, it's in the air, all that. So it, it prompted a, an investigation, obviously, or at least looking into from the NHL Players Association. Uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets were, you know, probed to a degree by reporters, Aaron Portsline with The Athletic, all that stuff. But Dreger had, had a tweet. Exactly. Well, yeah. And so later on in the day, the Columbus Blue Jackets issue a statement from both Mike Babcock and Boone Jenner. And essentially, from Babcock's per- perspective, yes, I, I wanted to get a, I wanted to get to know these guys. I have to, to be honest, he hasn't been in the game for three and a half years. It's not like Mike's seen these guys at events or anything like that. So to a degree, it seems from Mike Babcock's perspective, an innocent like, hey, What's interesting to you? What do you like to do? How's your family doing? It's presented in that way. And Boone Jenner, in in his statement, it's more or less the exact same thing. Like, Mike and I had a conversation. We talked about it, shared interests. And this is what it is. I, I feel like this is a scenario where the more information you get, you're led to make up your own decision. And you're led to make up your own decision based on who you feel like you can believe. Now, for Paul Bissonnette, I think it's important to note that Spittin' Chicklets is something that he does. TNT is another thing that he does. And you have to have some validity to what it is you're reporting. And he has doubled down on his take about all of this. He's doubled down on what he has been told by players. But again... They're all faceless sources here. So there's no real way for any of us to know what actually happened. There's no real way to know if it was nefarious in any way, shape, or form. And the more time I sit with it, the more I feel like this doesn't have anything to do with what did or didn't happen. It has to do with people's individual belief on second chances and whether or not they believe there are possibilities where people can change. Because, like, if you don't believe in second chances and you don't believe people can change, then I think you're sitting here and you're like, Paul Bissonnette, you're doing, you're doing the work, buddy. You keep it up. And if you believe in second chances, if you believe that there's a, an avenue where a coach is coming into a new situation and is trying, right, a coach who has had his ability to communicate with players called into question and, and, and understanding how to reach today's NHL player – if you believe that in in doing that work, 
Mike's trying to find some common ground so he can better understand and learn about his players, then there's nothing nefarious about it. It was just a situation where you've got a coach coming into a situation wanting to get to know his players. Yeah, uh, it's the kind of thing where I'll say I'm glad that we don't do the show at 9 o'clock in the morning and we do it at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. You'd have had a hot take in the morning? Yeah, because because the way it was presented, it sounded like Babcock was forcing these guys to Mm -hmm. give him their phones and he was putting it up on the screen in the office, scrolling through their pictures. Oh, oh, that's an interesting one. But now that the story has come out from the Blue Jacket side of things, I don't really think there's an issue here. Like, and and, and I'll preface this by saying I am a believer in second chances. Mm Mm-hmm. Because I've had a lot of lot of work experience in my life, and there have been you've made may, a lot of mistakes. May, maybe a time or two where I was given a second chance mm-hmm. when it's highly conceivable that I could have, or maybe even should have, been fired for something. Mm-hmm. And I was given a second chance, and and I've proven that it was a one time thing. So, like in Babcock's situation, I I don't have an issue with a second chance. He's obviously a very good hockey coach Mm -hmm. because if he wasn't, he wouldn't have gotten a second chance. But I, I understand wanting to get to know your players Mm -hmm. like, and I'm an open book. So like if our manager came to me and said, Hey Chapman, I, I know you went to Japan. I want to see your pictures. Mm -hmm. I would have no problem showing her because I'm, I'm open like that. Like, I want to know the people I work with mm-hmm. because it helps. I, I've, I've always felt that it helps me do my job better. Sure. If I know you, I know your personality. Like, it's, it's taken the three of us some time to kind of get to know each other and, and, and learn each other's quirks and things that are, are make each other tick. But I, I honestly, originally when I saw the story, I'm like, oh, this is bad. He, sh- he should be disciplined. Now, that, that, because why would Boone Jenner lie? <laughs> so like, why would Boone Jenner put out that statement? So if 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 if, if he, like he's got no reason to lie. Well, no, not not particularly, especially when there's the player association involved and all that. So here's a statement from Mike Babcock: "Quote while meeting with our players and staff, I asked them to share off their phones family pictures as part of the process of getting to know them better. There was absolutely nothing more to it than that." The way this had this the way this was portrayed on the Spit and Chicklets podcast was a gross misrepresentation of those meetings and extremely offensive. These meetings have been very important and beneficial, not only for me, but for our players and staff as well. And to have them depicted like this is irresponsible and completely inaccurate. End quote. That was Mike Babcock. Okay. So again, when you're talking about a player, or I'm you're sorry, you're talking about a coach who Part of the reason it's taken a while to get back at the NHL level is because you have questions about how he can relate and understand today's player. I feel like this is one of those scenarios where this is him trying to do that in a way that only he knows how. And you can run with it in a lot of different ways, depending on your predetermined expectations of who you think Mike Babcock is. I think that's really what it boils down to. Yeah, and, and I, I think your your idea of who he is or maybe who he was mm-hmm. certainly would, 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 would have a role. Like, like it's certainly going to, I would say, 
maybe make your opinion a little bit biased, right? Like when I saw the story, my opinion right off the bat was, well, he hasn't learned. Mm-hmm. He's the same guy. But I, I, I might be wrong on that. So you mentioned Boone Jenner. Here's the full quote from Boone Jenner. Quote, while meeting with Babs, he asked me about my family and where I'm from, my upcoming wedding and hockey related stuff. He then asked if I had pictures of my family and I was happy to share some with him. He showed me pictures of his family. I thought it was a great first meeting and good way for us to start to build a relationship. To have this blown out of proportion is truly disappointing, end quote. So again, as you mentioned, there's no reason in that moment for Boone Jenner to misrepresent the truth as he knows it. You heard from both Babcock and Jenner that not only was it kind of a mutual thing, but it was something that helped them foster a relationship. And again, if the point of Babcock coming back into the fold and you want to know whether or not he's learned and grown and developed and and, and is in a, in a position to take advantage of this second chance, wouldn't you think fostering a relationship is the way to do that? Yeah, I, I think there's very few teams that win championships when their players hate their coach. Like, I I, I think there you, you may hate him mm-hmm. for the way he pushes you. Sure. But you may not hate him off the ice. And I feel like if you hate him off the ice and you hate him as your coach, you're probably not going to have a successful team. If like, like I feel like part of the reason why the golden Knights were so successful is I feel like the players really like Bruce Cassidy, like on and off the ice. Like mm-hmm. Bruce is, is a personable guy. He seems like he'd be a fun guy to, to just have a, a regular conversation with. He's got a good sense of humor. Well, Mike Bobcock is a little bit of a different coach. Sure. But you look at a guy like Bruce Boudreaux. He keeps getting jobs because he's a very likable guy. Mm -hmm. Mike Babcock doesn't have that going for him. But it's a good way to start to build a relationship. Like, in the fact that Boone Jenner was like, yeah, we talked about my upcoming wedding. Mm -hmm. Like, the fact that Babcock knew he was getting married, like, that's kind of cool. So the biggest kind of question at this point is, where does it go from here? I think it's a done. I think it's I th- done. I think it's a non-issue, right? I like I, I, I think from from every account, right? Like it, it seems like there's not much else to go on here. It'll be interesting to see how Bissonette reacts to that. Well, the the other aspect of it is Aaron Portsline, who who mm-hmm. we've had on the show multiple times. Yeah, he's reported that there's nothing to it. Like, he's not getting confirmation of Bissonette's story. Do you believe that coaches should have the right to ask that of their players? I f- or or is it completely off-limits? Do you feel like it should be off-limits? I don't feel like it should be off-limits. Neither do I. I feel like it's good to foster that relationship. Like, I, I feel like it's good to have a personable... Mm-hmm. Because as a coach, I think the, the thing you want the most is... I think you want your players to trust you. Sure. And you want your players to be able to approach you and have a conversation with you, right? Like, like you look at what happened with Pierre-Luc Dubois mm-hmm. when he was in Columbus. And and you could say that that was just a, a powder keg ready to blow up with Torts and, and, and him. Two very, very difficult personalities, obviously. Mm-hmm. But I feel like if you're a coach, you want your players to be able to come talk to you. Mm-hmm. If, you're not, if, you're, if, if you're not satisfied with your role, hey, coach— can you explain to me why why I'm why I'm not playing 
more minutes, why I'm not doing this. And as a coach, I think if you have that personal relationship with your players, you're going to be able to talk to them. A li- like one of the things, and, and I can speak as a father here, and I'm sure you have the same exact. My relationship with my father growing up was, was a little cold. It, mm-hmm. it wasn't the best when I was younger. I made a decision when I became a father that I was going to have a relationship with my son very, very differently than I had with my father. Sure. My son can come and tell me anything because, A, he trusts me, mm-hmm. but I've made it easy for him to come and tell me anything. And I don't get mad. I don't flip out. I mean, obviously, if he told me he was stealing cars, that's a different story. But, like, there, there's no time I've ever gotten mad at him because he's come to me and been honest. And I feel as a coach, you're, 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 you're a bit of, of a father figure. And, and in this particular situation with this team that's so young, mm-hmm. it's good to have that relationship where you can trust a guy. I don't think Mike's going to be the likable guy that maybe you're portraying here because that's, I, I don't think that that's who he is as a coach, right? Mike Babcock is an exacting and demanding coach, but there's also an aspect when you look back through his history playing uh, with some of the teams that he coached, uh, the Mighty Ducks, and then they were the Mighty Ducks at that time, took him to a Stanley Cup final, certainly got the job done with the Detroit Red Wings. In Toronto, to a degree, like you look back at that and maybe it's a bit sour well, based on... Maybe some difficult personalities. But, but but here's the thing. There was supposed to be, and a lot of people forget this when it comes to the Toronto Maple Leafs. When Babcock took that job, there were supposed to be a three- to four-year build to get them into the postseason. So around the time he was let go, that was about the time that Toronto was supposed to turn the corner and get to the playoffs. They were there ahead of schedule. And they were there ahead of schedule because, like it or not, he's able to develop and bring along young players. He's a good coach. He's a good hockey coach. Now, how much of that in today's NHL do you need to come with a nice bedside manner? I don't know. But I also don't think that we should look at a situation and say, if you're going to give a guy a second chance, and it appears on the surface that part of that second chance is trying to build a relationship with his players, and you can argue whether or not asking to see private photos is an abuse of power. I'm not there. I don't see it that way. If someone says to me, hey, you went to Disneyland, anybody in the building, you went to Disneyland with your family, like, do you have any pictures? Yeah. Yeah. You want, you want to show them to me? Like, cool. Yeah, the, the, not a problem. The thing is, we, we it's live... Not, it's not that weird. We live in a day and age where players have Instagram. Yeah. Players have Twitter. Players have... I'm assuming some of them still have Facebook. But all you got to do is jump on a player's Instagram, and you can see those things anyway. So, like, I don't, I don't see there being that big of an issue here. Now... Whether or not Mike be, is a likable coach mm-hmm. to these guys or not is, I think, it's completely separate from him being a coach that builds trust with his players. Like you don't have to be likable, but you mm-hmm. have to be trustworthy. Yeah, and I think this is a good step towards helping to build. So let me ask you the big question here, because I, I do believe that this comes down to your perspective on both people, and I'm not talking about Boone Jenner here. I'm talking about. Mike Babcock, Paul Bissonette, in your opinion, looking at it from, you know, 50,000 feet here. Yeah. Who do you believe more? 
Well, I believe Mike Babcock. Yeah. I I mean, I, I like what Biss does. I think he's great on the air. I love watching the TNT broadcast. Great. Yeah. Spit and Chicklets is, is a widely popular podcast. Mm-hmm. He does a really good job. Mm-hmm. I think he may have just gotten this one wrong. Do you expect that there's going to be a retraction of some kind or no. walking back no. at all? I don't. I think there has to be. Should now should there be? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Will there be? I I, I don't think so. It'll be interesting because to kind of keep an eye on. Because he seems to be standing pretty firm. No, he is. He is. And and again, like do you, right? Like you you believe wholeheartedly that there's the the more you start to kind of like read into what Biz is saying in this moment, he's he's equating it with an abuse of power. Is really what it is, yeah, right? And like I, I don't see it that way. I, I don't see it that way maybe, either. Maybe but, maybe nine hours ago I did, but, but the more that's come out, no, I I, I don't. But I, I think that that stems from being in a room. I, I think that that stems from being a, a player in the league and you know trying to kind of understand that dynamic when you and I haven't been through that. I, I think is a little bit more difficult and it's probably more nuanced than we're giving it credit for. Yeah. But again, I think that you go back and you watch Biz. I legitimately think he was over the top. Yeah, I, I do. I, I think he just got this one wrong. I think maybe he misread the situation. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I'll add this. And I, and let, let me just add. I think that when you when you factor in the reputation of Mike Babcock and some of the things that you know former players dealt with well, with it's him it's easy to, to jump I, to conclusions i think that there's an ability to jump to conclusions but i also think that there's a faction of people and there's one person in particular that i'm thinking of that doesn't talk very much on x and then all of a sudden anytime mike babcock is mentioned in a negative light shows his face i think that there are people that are just looking for opportunities to tear him down. Yeah, I, I just do. I, I think you're probably, that's probably pretty accurate. Like, I I will say this too. I think there will be an issue with, with Paul Bissonnette now getting information from the Columbus Blue Jackets. Like, I would imagine that he probably burned some bridges within that organization, especially if he doesn't walk it back or retract it or say, I got it wrong. I don't think he's going to walk it back. Yeah. And I think he should. The fact that Boone Jenner has come out and basically vouched for Mike Babcock. I mean, yeah. this is this is the captain of your organization. Yeah, 100%. This is the guy you, you trust to lead your team on the ice. It's really interesting, as, as Stephanie kind of pointed out, who do I believe? Boone Jenner. Biz and Babcock have their own reputations. I believe Boone Jenner. I think that kind of sums it up, right? You had an opportunity for a player to come out here and – go one direction or the other. And he went the direction that I think as you start to think about all of the things that make sense here, it's a coach trying to get to know his players. And I think that that's an important aspect of Mike Babcock's story is how he relates to players is the biggest thing that you wanted to see change. And this to me represents a new Mike Babcock trying to get to know his players. And it seems like no matter what you do, when you've had issues before and people have made up their mind about you, it doesn't matter what you do and what reasons you do them for. Everyone knows everything about you and they're writing you off anyway. I can't believe we just spent 25 minutes defending Mike Babcock. It's wild. 
And I you, didn't even. You didn't you, think that would happen? And you didn't even do your impression. Oh, gotta start the game on time. I, I, I haven't done it in a long time. I don't. Uh, what what is what 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 did I used to say when I did the the bad? A lot, a lot of people may not know that you are good at impressions. I'm not that good at. No, impressions. you've got some some ones down though. Like I've got some good impressions going. Like, Gary Bettman's good. Oh well, <laughs> that's not one I'm going to do right now. Um, start the start the game on time. Um, that's a little Mike Babcock for you. Anyway, we'll take a break and come back. We got one timers on the VGK Insider Show. Carlson left corner, centered one timer score. It's time for. One-timers. A quick look at news and notes from around the National Hockey League. Brought to you by Paul Padalaw. It's not about the injury, it's about the recovery. One-timers. Brought to you by Paul Padalaw. It's not about the injury, it's about the recovery. News and notes from around the NHL. We got the music going. Feeling good about this. Really excited. I just realized, like, I, I haven't given a good... Babcock impression. So I'm going to do it right now. Yeah, he's a good player. There it is. It's a good player. I like him. Good player. There it is. You're welcome, everybody. Uh, actual news and notes from around the National Hockey League. Uh, we spent way too much time talking about Mike Babcock, the Columbus Blue Jackets. I think that's the most we're going to talk about the Columbus Blue Jackets all season long. Yeah, probably. Even it's when they come here, we probably won't talk about very, them that much. Very possible. That being said, a former Vegas Golden Knight has signed on to play with a rival. Tomas Tatar. Yes. Has signed a one-year contract with the Colorado Avalanche. $1.5 million AAV on that one. It's September 12th. Are you surprised that it took until this day right now for Tatar to get signed? No, I'm not. What? Because he, I mean, he's older, right? He's, he's, <laughs> he's, he's not like 45. He, no, but he, he, he hasn't put up the numbers the last couple of years. What do you, what do you mean by that? Well, he was a 25 goal scorer pretty much consistently throughout his career. Okay. 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 Stop, 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 stop. How many goals? I, I don't, don't look it up. How many goals do you think Tomas Tatar scored last year? 15. 20. All right, so in the middle. 20 goals, 28 assists, 48 points in 82 games. Oh, and he was a plus 41. Who was he playing with? It doesn't matter. Who was on his line? I don't care. <laughs> he scored He scored 20 goals. Oh, look, I, you you know I'm, I'm a big Tatar fan. Uh-huh. Um, so it'll be cool to see him a couple times a year now. Um, uh-huh. Wish him nothing but the best. Hopefully not against Golden Knights. But against <laughs> other teams, especially teams in this division, mm-hmm. go at them. Have a field day. Okay, so here's the thing that I think is really interesting about Tatar. All he does is score 20 goals. That's all he does. I didn't realize his, his plus minus was that high. Well, I mean, it, it single-handedly like made his plus minus really good over the course of his career. He was plus 41 last year. And his career plus minus is 42. <laughs> so just to give you an idea. He's on, he's on the ice he, for a lot of goals. He was, he was a plus one going into last year, and now he's a plus 42. It's beautiful. But no, seriously, like 19 goals as a 23-year-old, followed that up with 29, 21, 25, 20, 20, 25, 22. He scored 10 in 2020-21 with the Montreal Canadiens. Again, that was kind of the the. Uh, intra-division season. 
uh, 15 goals the following year with New Jersey and then 20 goals last year with New Jersey. So, like, there's only two years, right, out of a 12-year career where he's failed to score 20 goals. That's the part that blows me away. Is like, you might look at him on the surface and be like, eh, I don't know. Numbers aren't there. I, you do the Chris Chapman thing. Ah, the numbers weren't there. He's a 25 I, goal guy. I, 20, I, 20 goals. I always wonder. Yeah. And maybe I shouldn't do this to myself. Sure. But I always wonder what could have been with Tomas Tatar in Vegas had he been had he been given the opportunity to be here for a full training camp and a full season. Mm-hmm. I don't. You know what you would have gotten. Well, he probably would have scored 20 goals. You think but he would have scored more? No, I think he's. I think he would have scored 20 goals. He's a 20-goal scorer. Okay. It's just what he is. Now, here's the thing with Tatar. When you start to look at the goal totals in the regular season, you're like, oh, okay, great. 20-goal scorer. Yeah. Postseason, not so much. It's not good in the postseason. He does have a goal in the Stanley Cup final. 52 games played in the postseason. Seven goals. Eesh. Career. Eesh. Now, granted, like, we're talking about three seasons with Detroit in not a really heavy role. We're talking about, you know, the trip in the bubble with, with the Montreal Canadiens. We're talking about uh, the eight games that he played with the Vegas Golden Knights. He, he was healthy, scratched a few times. And just one goal with Jersey. the New Jersey Devils yeah. in 12 games. Yeah. So, like, I can understand it from that perspective. You look at Tomas Tatar and you say, okay, well, he doesn't perform in the playoffs. Okay, fine. You want to say that, say that. But... If you're the Colorado Avalanche, I don't think it matters all that much to you. You need somebody to score goals for you in the regular season because as we've talked about, I don't know that we've like come out right out and said it, but this leads me to my next point in one-timers. Gabe Landeskog will miss the entire 2023-24 NHL regular season. However. Oh, I know this. However, Avalanche general manager Chris McFarland is, quote, hopeful Landis Gog could return for the playoffs. We've seen this before. It's happened a time or two. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with it. No. Well, he said the rules. So Gabe Landis Gog has had three, three knee surgeries in a 15-month span. That's a lot. Four months into his recovery now, will not be ready to go at any point in time during the regular season. Now, if you're one of those salary cap purists, if you're somebody that's like really big mad about certain situations where players are not able to play in game number 82, but they are able to play in game number one of the postseason four or five days later, tough. I don't care. I don't care either because you know what? There's a collective bargaining agreement where all this is okay, and there's general manager meetings, and if it was really an issue that everybody was super mad about, it'd be addressed by now, and it's not. It won't be because general managers don't want to bargain themselves out of jobs. Not, Not the ones that are trying to win. No. So... And you know what? The good teams find ways mm-hmm. to deal with it. So here's why it makes sense for Colorado. Like, I, I imagine there are more teams out there that are interested in Tomas Tatar, but you need to replace some of the production lost without Gabe Landeskog. And assuming that everything in the rehab goes well and assuming Landeskog is ready to go for game one of the playoffs, you know he's a performer in that moment. So you don't need Tomas Tatar to help you in the playoffs. But you need him to help get you there. And I think that's why it makes a lot of sense for the for the Colorado Avalanche. Well, it makes a lot of sense from his perspective as well. I mean, we don't know who is offering him deals. And if you're him, if, I don't know, uh, the Ottawa Senators come calling, maybe you're not so interested. <laughs> if, if 
the, I don't know, Anaheim Ducks come calling. Mm-hmm. You're probably not picking up the phone. Well, the Anaheim Ducks need to figure out Trevor Zegers before they call anybody else. Yeah. So, so you're probably not so quick to pick up the phone if it's the Washington Capitals calling you. But when the Colorado Avalanche are calling, a team that's two years removed from the Stanley Cup, and oh, by the way, they have, in my opinion, the best all-around player in the NHL. Yeah, big Kale McCarr guy you are. You you, you pick up that phone and you sign that deal. Okay. Two years removed from a Stanley Cup? Yeah. Why would I not, why would I not take that chance? $1.5 million for Tomas Tatar with the Colorado Avalanche. Good for him. Good for him. I like him. Good for him. I do, too. Good good dude. They announced it. They called him the sauce. I don't know how I feel the about tuna. that. Oh, it's tuna. Yeah. I like this. Eh. I'm not sure where I fall on the nickname. Okay. Um, I'm not a big tartar sauce guy, so. Yesterday, Quinn Hughes announced as the next captain of the Vancouver Canucks. Today, Adam Lowry named the new captain of the Winnipeg Jets. Do you have a really strong take on this one? I will say I'm not surprised. Neither am I. Um, we saw him in the postseason, and he seemed like a very stand-up guy. Mm-hmm. Seemed like a guy who who is a leader. That's not surprising. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, <laughs> I mean, you're not giving it to Mark Shifley. No. He doesn't play defense. No. I, I have no problem with it. Rick Bonus, mm-hmm. he knows what he wants. Yep. Adam Lowry seems like that type of player. I, yep. got, I got no, no. I think it's a good move. There were only two directions I feel like you could go here. Josh Morrissey. Adam Lowry. Yeah. And I think as good as Morrissey is, if you want an no, identity. No Kyle Connor? No. No, I'm not. a. I love Kyle Connor. I think he's phenomenal. You just don't look at him as a captain. Like, I think teams need different things. Okay. Like, Quinn Hughes, to me, makes a lot of sense. And it's not just because he signed longer term than Elias Pettersson. It's, I think Quinn Hughes is going to be the engine that drives the Vancouver Canucks. Like, I don't view them as a team that's going to be in the trenches sandpaper. I think that they're going to, at some point, be a finesse team that's led by an all-world defenseman in Quinn Hughes. I just do. I would have given it to Connor just so I have a ginger as my captain. That, that's fine. You can do whatever you want. But <laughs> for the Winnipeg Jets, they're blue-collar. Yeah. They need and a guy. Adam, Adam Lowry is that guy. They need a guy that that plays to that identity. And you look at the coach, Rick Bonus. It's it's defensive hockey. It's it's doing the right things. It's not taking shifts off. And to be completely honest with you, there aren't many people on the Winnipeg Jets you can look at and say they don't take shifts off. Yeah. Adam well, Lowry's the one guy you could look at and say he doesn't take one off. He, he's a dude who I also would not want to get in the way of. Okay. So last week. Oh, this is going to be good. It's, it's good. I'm excited. Last week I brought up, like, I don't want to call it legitimate drama because I think it's just kind of like talk, right? But you're aware that Alex Dabrinkit, like, didn't, didn't love his time in Ottawa. Yeah, I'm aware right? of okay. that. Okay. Yes, yes. So, so here's the thing. Last week. Um, Tim Stutzla, when asked about Alex Dabrinkit, was just kind of like, yeah, if you don't want to be here, go. <laughs> Good riddance. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I, I like, I, I, lo- I, like I love that. I, I do. I'm okay with that. And that's that's ex- that was my take. I'm if like, you, don't you know what? Be part of this. Listen, listen. You don't want to sign long term. Like that's cool. We believe in what we're building with Brady Kachuk, and we believe in what we've got going on here. And got Jake Sanderson signed to a monster contract. Oh, he's gonna like be good, he's kid. gonna be really good. It's it's a risk, but he it's trending in that direction. They're, they're looking at the at the Tate Thompson type deal. hundred percent. It's different for a defenseman, but I, I mean the fact of the matter is, if he becomes a number one and you're only you're yeah. locked in that contract, yeah, he's, it's he's good. gonna be good. That kid. Yeah. So so. 
you know, you, you sit there and you look at it, and I, I love, I love Stutzla. He's just like, I don't care. That's <laughs> good. I you like don't, that. you don't want to be here. Yeah, Fine. Like, I'm cool we'll, with that. We'll win in spite of you. And and like, it makes it really intriguing because you've got the the trifecta of the next steppers, is what I'm calling it. Who's going to win the next step Olympics? Because we've been we've been hearing for years, right? Like it's going to be Ottawa taking the next step. It's going to be Buffalo taking the next step. It's going to be Detroit taking the next step. Well, the Brinket was traded to Detroit, signed a, signed a deal with Detroit, and then the the the, the, the other shoe dropped on this one. Um, Alex DeBrinket apparently was upset that he was behind Brady Kachuk in the depth chart. This is according to Post Media's Bruce Garriock. Um, listen, as good as Alex DeBrinket is, as many goals as Alex DeBrinket has scored, I don't care. You're not Brady Kachuk. You're no. not Brady Kachuk. You're not going to be Brady Kachuk. You're talking about a heart and soul captain. You're talking about a guy that people will go through a brick wall for in every situation. You want to know why? Because his brother has it too. And everybody and father had it. in the world will go through a wall for Matthew Kachuk. I, I know not around these parts, but listen, when you watch Matthew play, oh, he inspires men. Dude, I, he I, does. I love him. Love Matthew Kachuk. I do too. I liked him when he was with Calgary. Brady's the exact same way. And I'm sorry if that doesn't work for Alex to bring it. But all of this to say, like the comments from Stutzla, the reports now about the Brinkett being eh, not happy. All I want out of this, and I, I've said it, said it in the moment, I'm saying it again. I just want a debrinket Stutzla fight. Well, I was going to say, at what point do we look at debrinket the way we look at Pierre Luc Dubois and say he's toxic? He's now. Oh, no, I don't. I wouldn't. He's go now there. on his third team in in three years. There may be a problem. Maybe a problem there. I think that problem will be shored up as soon as the Detroit Red Wings sign Patrick Kane. Oh, man. Now, that's a take. I mean, is it really? Like, if I'm Patrick Kane, never more productive in my career than when I was alongside Alex Debrinkit. Yeah. Same wow. could be said for Debrinkit. Yeah. Mm. I mean, listen, I'm just throwing it out there. I have no idea if it's going to happen. By but the way, something. If, if that happens, yeah. I think Detroit leapfrogs Stop. Buffalo no, in the... What? In the what is with this Patrick Kane revisionist I, history? I just think that that he's a well, he's a good player. He's a good player coming off of a hip surgery. Like he's not yeah, even going to be ready to play until November. Yeah, but it's a long season. He really helped out the Rangers. Well, they, they like had, everybody they said had, he was going they had to. Other problems. It wasn't his fault. He, oh, buddy. Listen, they they ran Gerard Gallant out of town. It wasn't it wasn't Patrick Kane. Patrick Kane's not. The player, he's not Showtime anymore. Wow. I don't think he would need to be on Detroit. He would need to be on Detroit. That's the thing. No. Of all three of those teams, I think Detroit's the furthest away from actually making the really? jump. See, I, yes. think I think Buffalo, then Detroit. I think Ottawa's right there. Oh, I do. It, it, it's, a really, it's a really fascinating storyline going into this season. Though. All right, we're going to do the, uh, the next step Olympics tomorrow. <laughs> yes. Which of those three teams actually <laughs> takes the next step? Those are your one-timers for today. Tuesday, September 12th. Catching up with Chapman is next. When the guy wouldn't stop talking, we had no choice but to give him his own segment. It's time for Catching Up with Chapman. Okay, Ryan, so 
I make no secret of the fact that I've lived in Las Vegas a long time. I moved here in 1999. Mm-hmm. So, April of 1999. It's about 24 and a half years I've lived in Vegas. The other night, something happened to me that in all the time I've called Las Vegas home has never happened to me. Okay. I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do because I'm, I'm actually a bit shaken up by it. Hmm. I got mosquito bites. Like, I, I've known that there were mosquitoes in Vegas, but oh, so my wife says to me, Junko says, she mm. says, I hear a mosquito. I'm like, there's no mosquitoes. Mm. She's like, no, look, I've got bites on my arms. I'm like, well, we just got a puppy. So maybe it's from, from Kojiro biting mm. you. Yeah. She goes, no, no, no. I swear. I heard a mosquito when I was laying in bed. I'm like, there's no mosquitoes. Sure enough, next morning I wake up, I've got mosquito bites. Yeah. So I don't know where it came from. Mm-hmm. I didn't get bit last night. So hopefully it's dead. Hopefully it was a one-off thing. But, mm-hmm. like, I, I, I don't know where the mosquitoes came from. Like, I, I, I'm still completely blown away by the fact that I got bitten by mosquitoes here in Vegas. Like, I'm actually a little freaked out by it. I'm really sorry. I know. Like, I, I don't. Ha- I don't have anything else for you. Like, I, I, I mean, I know I can't be alone. There's, there's got to be other people in Vegas that are getting bit by mosquitoes, but like, I, I don't know. Like, no, I was in California during their, their like, quote unquote hurricane. Well, I mean, it ago. was, it and, was and a hurricane got, until it, it made land, yeah, and, and then, I, and I got bit by a mosquito in, uh-huh. in Arcadia, but. But you're not like torn up about that. No, one. because I, I. You're only torn up about this one. Yeah, because this is the desert. There's not supposed to be mosquitoes in the desert. I mean, it's humid. When I lived in Southeast Asia, I, I was totally on. I'm fine with it. I'm like, all right, well, sure. there, there's mosquitoes here. That, that that's just the way it is. Do you think you'll be okay? If I start getting bit more, no, I won't be. Because why? Because I, I hate them. I hate mosquitoes. Then kill them. Well, if I don't see it, I can't kill it. You can bring them out. You're a colorful guy. Uh, yeah, maybe the flower shirts. And by the way, when, when I lived in, in Southeast Asia, I had this thing. It looked like a tennis racket, mm-hmm. but it was like electric shocks. Mm-hmm. And if you saw the bug or insect, you would like swing it and it would hit the little metal fencing that was yep. inside. And you would hear them like zap and explode. And I may have to invest in one of those. I may have to take a trip over to Southeast Asia and get one of those tennis racket looking things and start swinging it around my apartment, hoping that I hit some mosquitoes. You know what I'm looking forward to? Me getting bit by more mosquitoes? No. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm past the mosquito thing. Okay. <laughs> Tomorrow's looking, show? Well, tomorrow's show is going to be cool because we are going to do... We're already talking about it. The yeah. Next Step Olympics. We never talk about tomorrow's show. The no, we don't. But I'm telling you right now, it's the Next Step Olympics. 100% we're going to do that. Uh, we are still going to play. Who's closer to a championship? Yes. Um... I cannot wait for that segment as well. So uh, I wonder if you and me are on the same page with that. I think it's probable. I I don't know. I'm I'm interested. I'm I'm really excited to see where you go with it. Uh, but that's again for tomorrow. So who's closer to a championship and the next step Olympics coming at you tomorrow, four o'clock on the VGK Insider Show.